0: All right, well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. So I want, you know, I I wanted today to be a real day of Thanksgiving, and there's a lot to be thankful for. I think of all the young people who came back from wherever they've gone. We've raised up a bunch of our young people over the years, and it's good to see all of them,
1: that they're doing
0: so well in life, and uh, it's very pleasing and something to be grateful for. Uh, something we should all be proud of, I think. I know I take a lot of pride in seeing all of them and doing so well. And, you know, I, wanted, I was thinking about being human and what it means to be a human, uh, human being and how thankful I am that God uses human beings that God uses human beings at all in all of this uh, Mishigas that has gone over. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, you wonder why. <laughs> and if you read the news, you wonder even more why. <laughs> why would God bother with, with human beings? Um, and I want to take a look at that just for a few minutes just to be, for us to be thankful that God considers us Uh, that we are even part of the plan of God at all. There's a a rabbinical story that talks about this very question um, that's found in Bereshit uh, 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 in Rabbah. And it says, the story goes something like this. It says, when God was about to create man, he was surrounded by several groups of angels who offered different opinions. Some were for creating him, others were against it. And each group had its reasons for urging it. The angel of loving kindness was in favor of man being created. He said, Man will perform many acts of loving kindness. But the angel of truth argued against his being created, saying, Man will be full of lies. The angel of righteousness was in favor because he believed man would be capable of doing acts of righteousness. But against this was the angel of peace who said he'll be full of strife. And faced with such conflicting counsel, what did God do? He took truth and threw it down so that it broke into many pieces, leaving the majority opinion in favor of man. And then he proceeded with his plan to create him. But the creation of Adam was not so simple, and even God had to consider several problems. God had made the universe by mixing the heavenly and earthly materials in equal, equal proportions so that there would be a true harmony between the different elements. Thus, the first day's creation is hailed with the words, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if you remember, God created something heavenly like the sky, and then he created something like the earth. He created the, the birds of the air, and then he created the, the animals that crawl, on the earth, and so on, back and forth, and back and forth, in equal measure. It says, when God then was about to create Adam on the sixth day, he said, if I create him from heavenly material, then those elements will prevail over the material. But if I create him from earthly matter, then the earthly elements will have numerical superiority over the heavenly ones. What did he do? He created Adam from a mixture of the two, and he said, and he was thus made from an equal measure of both. And it says, and in the Bible it says, God created man out of the dust of the earth, and He breathed into his nostrils the breath, or the spirit, of life. So we're both of these things. That's the pro- that's, and you know what? That's the problem because we are capable of so much good, and yet we're capable of so much bad. We we are indeed a paradox, and yet God knew that it would appear from the very moment of our creation. And considered that this is precisely what I need to build my world. Yeah, but uh, how do we make it all work? How do we make it work together? You know, sometimes we have the attitude of Shakespeare. Remember that quote from Hamlet? He says, what a piece of work is man. How noble in reason. How infinite in faculty and form and moving. How express and admirable. In action how like an angel, in apprehension like a god. The beauty of the world, the paragon of animals. And yet to me, what is this quintessence of dust? There's the paradox, the paradox of human existence. We're all of these things together. And yet God wants to use you and me to do great things. To live up to our better angels, if you will. How might we be able to do that? I'm going to look at a little portion from, a few verses from Second Corinthians. In the 4th chapter. To see something. I want you to know something that we should be immediately thankful for. And which you may not always recognize in yourself. I mean every single one of you. It's that we bear the light of our God in us. It says, in verse 6, he says, For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Messiah. That's you. That's me. You know, sometimes I get out of bed in the morning. You know, I'm not a morning person. I have to I have to tell you this. This is really like getting worse as I get older. I, I know a lot of people say like when you get older you sleep less and you like get up at four o'clock in the morning and stuff like that. Like my buddy over here and whatever. Not me. The older I get, the more I don't want to wake up like before ten o'clock in the morning. Right? I'm getting like Tom, you know? <laughs> you know. And it's getting worse. I think one of these days I'll be get, you know going to sleep at night and I'll be up at. Uh, you can't get me before noon. I think that's what i mean my new policy. Office, new office hours. One and two on Thursday afternoons. That's it. <laughs> but, you know, and that makes me sometimes think, gee, you know, how much could I have done already that I didn't do? Am I getting old and lazy? And yet I bear in myself, and you bear in yourself... The light of Messiah is sure. That's how the world knows about him, you know. He doesn't, we, he, the world doesn't know about us because we are smarter than everybody else. Or that we have greater logic. Or that I can convince anybody of anything through the skill of my oratory. I don't think so. What people will be convinced by is by seeing the light in you. You know, when, and when, I'll tell you another thing. When I get down, and so I, I get down, I have my moment. I'm not always cheery, this nice smiley guy all the time. What was that? Wait, wait a minute. What was it? Is that something? Some? <laughs> no, but rather, we have in us the, the capacity to reflect the light of Messiah Yeshua, even if it's the one soul. We've been hearing some stories lately, you know, we've been doing these l'chaims, thanks to Donna and, uh, and, uh, um, and Jean, who convinced me we should be doing it, they're so right, to hear of good news. And that we can be good news to people in the simplest ways. Because let me tell you something, you guys are good news for me. I want you all to know that and I'm thankful for all of you because you're good news to me. You know, if I've had any effect at all in helping anybody, it's reflected back from your goodness. And that makes me feel like my life has been worth something. I, and I'm thankful for that. And, and each one of you should be. When our kids can get up here years later and, and chant the Torah, holy cow. I am like, it just makes it all, all the effort worthwhile. And that's a little piece of Messiah for me. And that's in you, in every one of you. And we can do that for each other because we reflect the light of the glory of Messiah. That's who we are. He said, light shall shine out of the darkness. And you guys shine. And I'm thankful for that. And you, you know, you need to shine because whenever anybody meets you, they're meeting a little piece of the Messiah Yeshua himself. And even if it's only a little piece, and you know, it's a, it's a, Nevertheless, it's a paragraph because what a, a paradox. Because after all, what is this quintessence of dust, as the poet says? You know, Paul understands this in this letter. He says, after saying. All these glorious things about how the light of God shines in us. He says in verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. You're not perfect. We all have our moments. We're all, hey, I'm grumpy once in a while. I'm mean once in a while. I say the wrong thing once in a while. I even think the wrong things. I have bad attitudes once in a while. And so do all of we. Because we have this treasure in earth and vessels. I remember the very, you know, many of you weren't even here, but I preached this message the very first time in 1996. I remember it vividly because I had just been recovering from a terrible car accident. And I preached it right here in this room in a wheelchair. I was in a wheelchair, my leg all, you know, in the air, and I looked stupid because I had a broken arm. And I did it on purpose, not because I wanted to show everybody how cool I was that I could, you know, do it with a, you know, while I was disabled. Because, But because when I read that portion, I realized something about my ministry and your ministry and everybody else's it has nothing to do with how wonderful I am. It has nothing to do with how wonderful you are. It has to do with the light of Messiah that shines in you. That we have this treasure in us that will be effective no matter what, as long as we allow the light of Messiah Yeshua to shine through it. And that our weakness does not matter. And that comforts me. Because sometimes I think, wow, I can't do this. It's too much. What do you expect from me? And yet, it doesn't, that's not what makes it happen. That's, what, that's not what makes it go. What makes it go is the power of Messiah in us. Even if you're sick. Even if you're sickly. Even if you're unlovable. Or at least you think so. It does not matter because the powerful life does not come from the vessel that you dwell in. This shell which houses the Spirit of God. In the scripture it tells us, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And what we need to do is to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To allow God's power to work in and through us. And all of you have the capacity for it. And everyone has the ability to do so if we let go. If we let go of the things that hold us back, you know, our fear, our inability, to our shyness, our insecurity about ourselves, even our sin. Because the evil one is always looking for every little sin that you've committed so he can shout in your ear and tell you how rotten you are. When all you have to do is shut that off and listen to the Holy Spirit who says not by might, not by power but by the Spirit of God, says the Lord. And then we can shine that light wherever we go. And no power of Satan, no spirits, no powers and principalities can stop you. So we bear that burden because we have the power of the Lord to do so. And we have the message of life. A message that is desperately needed in this world. We have the message. We've got the good news. And what we need to do is to help people to find that good news. No matter what circumstance they find themselves in. Like the one that Jared described earlier today. I've been in that circumstance many times. Too many times for my little heart to to bear on its own. And what do you say to those who need comfort? Messiah Jesus says, mourn with those who mourn. Just be there and mourn with them. Because light will shine in the darkness. And there is a tomorrow and death is not the end. And these are all messages that we have. A hope to extend to those who feel hopeless. In verse 13 and following, he says, By Having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. If we believe, we can speak it. So, he tells us, For all things are for your sake so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. All things belong to you. And that means you can give away a lot and still have a whole lot left for yourself. We have this power fueled by faith, and we have a gift that is everlasting that we can share. For all of these things, we should be grateful And maybe you're wondering at this moment, well, you know, but what about that quintessence of dust thing? Were the other angels right because there's so much war and tyranny and craziness in the world? But let's remember that God did not bring Messiah Yeshua here as a spirit, but as a flesh and blood soul. And so we share his nature, just like he we are of this earth and just like him we bear the image of God and the power of God in ourselves so just like him we can do great things we should be grateful for that let's go out there even into a world that is dark and do great things in his book God in search of man Abraham Heschel wrote we live by the conviction that acts of goodness reflect the hidden light of his holiness. His light is above our minds but not beyond our will. It is within our power to mirror his unending love in deeds of kindness like brooks that hold the sky. We have this power in us because we bear in us the image of God, the light of Of our Messiah Yeshua. And I say let's be thankful. For all of that. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. It says in 2 Corinthians. In the 3rd chapter it says. But we all. With unveiled face. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Amen. So, Lord God, I just pray that we can bear this image with joy, even though we may be imperfect, even though we may have our faults. Nevertheless, Lord, we bear the power of your Spirit, the image of your Son in our very being. We have the power to represent God wherever we go. Lord, give us the desire to bring glory to your name. Even when we feel weak, even when we feel inadequate. Because it's not by our might or by our power, but by your spirit. And let us say, Amen.